Welcome to the Men's Health Unscripted Podcast with Patrick and Cam. We're focused on everything on men's health, looking at your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual well-being. You're going to take care of that and make sure you keep on going. What's going on, guys? It's Patrick and DJ DFaz. <laughs> Coming at you for week six fantasy football. We've got, we're going to talk a little bit about waiver wires. It seems like a, it's a big week for waiver wire pickups, a lot of injuries and key injuries in the NFL this week. And we also kind of wanted to touch on mental health and sports a little bit to bring in that men's health component. We know quite a few of our listeners are former athletes. I know I am. I know DJ DFAS is. And there's a lot of, you know, sports. It's like 90% mental. So we're going to get into fantasy, get in a little mental health and get it rolling. DJ, who you got on the waiver wire this week? Um, you know, it, there, there's not a lot to really pick up at this moment, if you notice. Uh, a lot of star athletes are doing what they're doing already, but there's obviously bye week, the first set of bye week coming up, so there's replacements that you're going to probably be looking for. Um, okay. I'll point out some names that I personally think are just worth value that people aren't really looking at, and it's in a position that really – is it the most important position, in my opinion, for fantasy football? But it's nice to have a guy that gets points. Uh, that's going to be tight end. Usually oh, yeah. I got to give five it. tight ends are your guys that really run the league. I'm giving a quick, I'm going to interrupt you real quick, give a quick shout out to Fazzy. I uh, didn't realize that Knox from Buffalo was injured on Sunday. And I was like, oh, crap, I need a tight end. And luckily, Taysom Hill was available. Fazzy said, get that guy in there, scored 34 points for me this week and won me my game. So, I mean, and, and the risk option, it was hard too because I was looking at the options you had. You didn't have a lot of guys that got a lot of receptions in that category that were available. And it looked like, you know, Taysom Hill just was available to score at least a touchdown somewhere. And he got you four instead. Yeah. <laughs> Can't complain. So that was a pretty good payoff. I agree. So who else you got? Uh, so one guy that I'm looking at right now is uh, with Seattle. I'm pretty hot on Seattle for guys to pick up. One, the offense is moving well, and you can definitely see them in the top breaks of fantasy. Uh, Will Disley is doing pretty well for tight ends. He's um he's about 10% rostered right now. It says he's averaging 6.3 points, but when you look at when he actually scores, his average is more around 10 points when he actually puts the TD up. He's usually getting at least, you know, two to four targets. He's getting at least three receptions a game, and he makes at least 30 to 40 yards off of those, and usually he's a red down threat. So he's a good pickup for just throwing a dagger out there if you don't have a tight end. What about uh, – I'm going to give a quick pick. I had Rashad Penny in my pharmacy school league. He's obviously out for the year. Yep. That Seattle has going forward. Uh, I think Kenneth Walker is a clear cut option there. Um, I think that they're not going to be looking to do as much power running with him, though. Uh, he definitely has more of a scat back kind of style, but he will be receiving the ball the most out of the running backs, in my opinion. And he's just going to try his best to put up numbers. So, I mean, looking on the low end of running backs, he's still going to be a producer. I mean, in my situation, I'm dropping Chase Edmonds for him because Chase Edmonds now, in my opinion, is the running back three for the Dolphins, and he's just not producing as well. Kenneth Walker is going to be in a position to produce. Yeah, poor Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I on him for the last couple of years, and at times he's delivering, but really he, he hasn't been clicking with that Dolphins offense. I am uh, to remove him from 
you know, sizing up running backs is hard. I usually try to figure out if I consider them a true running back or if they're more of a flex. Chase Edmonds is a flex, in my opinion, but there's better flex options you could pick up. Okay, and then another bit of running back controversy is the Denver Broncos. You got Russell, who's got a torn lat. They're, he's kind of already, for me, in a manager role. Uh, it seems like this year hasn't really done a whole lot. Had one and we're going to be relying on the running game a little bit more. Um, what do you think about for? What I can say for Denver is that they definitely have a great defense that will hold them down. The main issue they're having is an offense that can't produce. Um, when you look at the running back situation, you've got uh, Williams on IR. And you look at the other options that are there, they're not really big producers. Uh, Latavius Murray was picked up recently, and in my opinion, is the guy I would put my, my chips on. I think he will be able to fit into the offense and get plenty of playing time. Okay, so, and uh, Mr. Boone. It's, a tough, it's a tough one because if you already have Melvin Gordon and Boone, it's great to just keep them obviously on your team. Um, Boone will probably be a pickup option in a lot of leagues if he is available, you know, in an eight man, 10 man league. Um, but having Latavius Murray stashing him just in case, if you've got the room on your roster, he could be the guy that ends up being the workhorse on that team. Cause he's done it before. He's always a great complimentary back in that situation. Whenever a body goes down, he fills the role and he does his best. And what about uh, our receiving options maybe off the waiver that you noticed this week? Again, looking pretty thin right now for what's out and available. Some names I like mentioning always is uh, Isaiah McKenzie for Buffalo. He's their wide receiver three. I like what he produces. He is a guy that's going to basically just get receptions and try to get yak. He's not your deep threat always. Obviously, with having Steph Diggs and Gabriel Davis on the team, that's where they kind of put those one-on-one scenarios. But if you're looking for a guy that flashes over the middle of the field and is going to get some yak, I, I like Isaiah McKenzie for that. He's currently ranked 38 in PPR. He's averaging about 8.5 per game. He is questionable at the moment. He's been nursing an injury, but it looks like an injury. That's his concussion injury that he's uh, had since week, uh, I think, four. He suffered it. So hopefully, you know, if he's back in week five, it's great. If not week six, he will be moving forward for you. He'll have a bye week on week seven to recover fully. He's a guy that you can put in, stash. Hopefully, if he gets to play, you can actually put him in. And then I also kind of wanted to touch on the uh, Seattle earlier that, I mean, they're really moving the ball. And I, I don't think he thought that as well at this point. They do have – on offense and DK Metcalf and Mr. Uh, and, and one of the things to say about Seattle too, it, Seattle definitely just doesn't have one of the best offensive lines in the game, but that is a team that is being able to work out of scramble, work out of pocket with Geno Smith, and they're getting to produce results because of that. When you draw enough defense out, somebody's going to be open and Geno's looking for him. I think that's kind of been a strategy. Offensive lines in years past with Russell Wilson, but he was all Russell was always good out of the pocket, slinging it around. I think I watched, a, I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes on and off of the day. And then Russell Wilson was just like, miss wide open guys, just not even throwing. He's definitely, yeah, 
players were targeted, but players were not getting the ball in their target range. And, uh, you know, when it comes to mental health, too, we were going to bring this in with uh, talking about Tom Brady and what's probably going on in his mental. But Russell Wilson, another QB that, you know, big time money. The fans right now are hating him. You know, everyone's disappointed with him. It, it's hard in mental health to kind of pick yourself up out of that hole and play well. But this is a championship caliber, you know, player. And hopefully he can be able to pick himself up and pick the team up. Yeah, I appreciate that you kind of switched over and made that transition. I was going to – I'm thinking – because I have Russell. Man, he's, he's producing. He's, he's uh, I think, ranked in the top ten right now still. He's uh, yeah, he, probably your third or fourth best option at QB with their legs. So it's not a bad idea at all. Oh, yeah. and uh, But, yeah, we, we can move over to the health component, I, I think – you know, Russell Wilson, you sign a big deal. We've seen it happen with players a lot. Money, a lot of guaranteed money, and that you come with a certain expectation. And he's coming out of nowhere. And, you know, they're still on their I mean, they established all championship player. He's just really strong. He's dumping the ball down. He'd be throwing and just like really missing so for for his sake and physical aspect to think about it too he's uh playing in denver for his home games and that is an elevated you know that's one of the most elevated places to play at it's definitely going to take a lot of toll on you oxygen wise and stamina wise so it could be something he's still working through getting used to having those uh colorado lungs and maybe that's where the struggle's coming from as well but you just look at him and he seems like he's just not in the game kind of mentally and that's a, a tough thing to watch when you're trying to root for a player it, it's kind of interesting i think russell wilson's this kind of guy to get the big payday cash in they get the bag for lack of lack of a better term and they kind of check out do you think it's hard yeah. when you've had this much success? You're such an established player in the league. It's competitive edge about you. It's kind of like if you look at it from, like, say, any job or office perspective, right? There's always a guy that's doing extra, that's trying to do more, that's wanting to move up the ladder. And, you know, those in, in a workplace, if you're a manager, those are the guys you want to move up and give more opportunity to. Then there's guys that come to work every day, they do their job, but they don't want more. They just want to be able to do their job and go home. And sometimes in athletics, when it comes to sports, you wonder the same thing about athletes. If, you know, they're there to know that they're going to win the season, they're going to play their hardest and get in the playoffs, and they have that motivation and that game plan. Or if their teams, you know, like Detroit, who know they don't have the option, it's like, what do you really play for besides the love of the game and knowing you get paid for it? So let's move to Tom a little bit. This is kind of a hitting home for us. And, you know, as, as Tampa Bay fans, I'm a life. And I mean, if, if you haven't struggled through the years with Sean King, Jeff Garcia, you know, those guys, you, do, you don't really know what it's like to be a Bucks fan. So our, our two championships are beautiful, but it, it's tough watching this season where you're happy to have Tom back, but you need Tom to excel. So that way we're winning more than just wild card or our division. You know, you need to see a, a player that's championship caliber. Absolutely. And it, it could be the, I, I have, I'm not a huge sure and haven't 
tablets, but I've heard rumors of them potentially Tom and, and his wife, Giselle, potentially hiring attorneys. And you have there's really moving parts. I'm sure there's large sums of money involved. As, and there are so many moving parts to situation. And you can he's, he's trying and Tom is the old even when he played it's I wasn't the biggest Pats fan but I always respected Belichick as a coach just because I coached and know what it takes to be a leader of of men and Tom is he's just so competitive and in, in his heart you know you can get past all the funny Florida man memes about you know Tampa's making Tom toxic or um whatever the case may be Tom's married. Name me a forty-year-old in Tampa that's in better shape than Tom, and I I would be highly impressed because Tom definitely is a is a top athlete who cares about his mental and his body a lot. But then when you think about Tom Brady's situation this year, I I couldn't imagine taking all that on. You're down at least three starting linemen. You've got rookies in on the line, so you're worried about your protection for one. Okay, gotcha. So with Tom right now, I, I can't imagine, you know, everything that's on his mental, but if I could just lay everything out for you. He, right now he's dealing with, I believe, three injured linemen that were going to be starters. And, you know, you've got a rookie uh, lineman in for him right now. So Tom's probably worried about protection. You know, obviously as an older player, you want to have the best guys in front of you to save you. Um, and then, you, you know, you move over to the personal side of his life. I mean, divorce papers, as far as I understand, are filed, and that, that is moving forward. You know, so you got to think about obviously that situation, your love life. You got to think about your children because you have a family. I mean, it's it's a lot of extra things that. I mean, I don't care how you know great of a player you are. I'm sure it's something that's going to weigh on your mental. Yeah, to have one really just kind of say that they're out, and I personally, I I wouldn't have been mad if Tom stayed retired. I complete when he said he was retired. I completely understood. And you could kind of tell in his retirement speech, he wasn't quite done, but, and I, I can understand Giselle's perspective. Like what's the point of getting hurt? You've done everything that you can do. You have a ring for almost every single finger. I don't think anybody's won as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady Bowls with two teams. And he's just a proven winner. And I personally, I don't think he has anything left to prove other than just padding his stats. Guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Any other accolade, you could easily say he's the best quarterback of all time. So, right. right. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure his perspective too is that I have a lot of the same components I've had that won me that title in Tampa Bay. Is it, you know, necessarily time to really go? I could still get another one. I totally understand his perspective. I, I just think it's very difficult for him this season, and it'll definitely be a story of triumph if he, you know, makes it through all these uh, obstacles he already has ahead of him. Sure. There's another aspect of it where it's really fun. Personal life, when I was playing baseball, I had on, and I would use baseball to be able to what's going on for a couple hours and focus on the game. So that could absolutely, it's, it's more than just a distraction. It's pouring into your passions and it lets you kind of just get away from your problems for a bit and forgetting the, the real world in a sense. I feel the same way about music and the same way when I played sports, you know, you have a bad day, you can always go, you know, shoot a couple baskets or, you know, go to practice and you feel much better. Release of endorphins, correct? Yeah, Absolutely. 
that, uh, that exercise really helps. And it kind of helps, doesn't help you forget about your problems, but even sometimes I've found exercising helps me process the problems. I'm sitting there, I'm working out, I got blood pumping, got a good, you know, fresh, fresh blood getting to my brain. And sometimes it really helps work through your problems, understand that while some of these events may be significantly life altering, they aren't really necessarily always the worst, but in the moment we always feel like a bomb's going to drop on us and that's the end. And what are we going to do? There's no possible way out. And if you look at the same issue, you, you know, you're past it the next year, you kind of look back and you're like, well, you know what? That wasn't that bad. I, I can accomplish anything or I can see through any challenge uh, as long as I stay persistent. And I, I, uh, keep the, I mean, those things are difficult to do. Perspective is everything. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you can look at one problem at one moment as the biggest threat in your life. And then you look at it later on in life and it's an accomplishment and it's something that's so small in comparison now, you know? Right. It's, it's interesting. You know, I'm interested to see for, for being yeah. home team and just for the rest of the season. I think that there's a lot of, we can incorporate health and it, I think it's kind of neat we can talk about mental health sports like and it's obviously revolves around men's health we're talking about and so there dudes yeah playing getting good money for it and should be having a dream job is playing in the end making a lot of money life is more money or more fame or anything like that kind of putting per- and you know an interesting thing to think about too is that with our schedule coming up we play all of october we play a couple games in november but our bye week leads us pretty much that we'll have our bye week in between thanksgiving day break so you know with tom going through his situation right now you know hopefully thanksgiving treats him well and he comes back from bye week in a good mood and not a bad mood luckily oh, that's down the line <laughs> yeah, I know we yesterday for a quick minute, we wanted to talk a little bit about fantasy defense. We'll round it out. We'll, we'll go fantasy mental health back to fantasy to, to round out our, our pod today. But do you, do you have any fantasy defense pick up for some emerging be able to get some turnovers, touchdowns, anything like that? You know, option-wise, it's really tough on defense. And just to reiterate again, this is the first series of bye weeks that are hitting us. Your uh, teams that are going to be out are going to be Vegas, Tennessee. Um, let me pull up my list. You've also got Detroit, and you've got Houston. So, again, when you're looking at it for defense, you're not really – those are guys that aren't really starting all the time, so you're not having to worry about much. But, obviously, think about your offensive guys. You're not going to have them this week. Um Defensive guys or defensive uh, teams that you can look at, though, I would pretty much put my faith into the Rams playing against Carolina. Um, that's still, you know, a pretty solid squad of defenders. And from what I was watching them do this Sunday, they definitely were hawking the ball and definitely uh, hawking the QB and giving a QB pressure. So, you know, I could definitely imagine without Baker in that they should have a pretty good day. Yeah. Man, the Carolina Panthers are horrible on offense. Yep. 
you know, coach is fired. They don't really have much to play for this season. Um, if I was the owner of the Panthers, I would probably uh, be pretty gentle with Christian McCaffrey because that is pretty much all I really have on my team right now as a star athlete. I, I stayed away from McCaffrey. I didn't. I don't know if I had the opportunity to draft him this year, but I had him. Uh, was it last year or the year before? And he just had the injury bug all year, so it didn't really do me any favors. Um, but I will say that running back position is very difficult to maintain a healthy body. You just take such a beating in the way like Christian McCaffrey just plays football with his hair on fire and it's gotta be difficult to keep your body healthy. So I imagine Christian McCaffrey is, I don't know the guy and don't really know his habits, but he's probably a big man's health guy without even knowing it. So just because of, of how much he, you can tell how much he puts into his body and how much effort he puts into his craft. Yep. I mean, from his mental perspective, I would probably not want to get banged around as much this season too for a season that doesn't count as much. So, you know, hopefully they give the other running backs an opportunity with them. Um, bringing it back to defense, though, the other defensive option I can see out here for picking up, um, the Chargers are available in my league against uh, Denver on Monday Night Football. I also, you know, believe in that that team has a lot of talent on it as well to, you know, force turnovers and definitely to, uh, you know, put some work on Russell Wilson in that offense. Yeah. How do you feel about this? This is kind of a, a idea I've kind of taken on, I think over the last two seasons, but I don't really care about how much points a defense gives up. I kind of try to look for, is there an opportunity for turnovers? Who are they playing against? So is the quarterback a, a backup or a rookie or somebody that can be taken advantage of, or just, you know, how poorly is the offense playing it? I think, you know, you, you generally think about that, but I think it's important to note that I, I think turnovers and, and acquiring turnovers is more important than points scored just because in the NFL, I mean, what's the league average is like 25 points a game now. And most of those point scoring systems, you're, you're already out of the, you know, the tier once you hit 24, 25 points. And an important thing to say with that is to definitely check the rules of your league because some leagues are very, very kind on defense where it's basically you're just doing points allowed or, uh, yeah, points allowed and turnovers, really. I'm in a league personally where they do it by yardage. So when it's over 300 to 400 yards, your team is really kind of dismal at that point for making points unless they're actually producing turnovers. Right. It's And again, it's tough. Um, uh, go ahead, Pat. Oh, I was going to say, it's it's kind of weird because you look – I stream – I'm a chronic defense streamer. I I don't think I've ever drafted a top defense. I, I just don't have good luck with it, so I just try to stream. And every time you look on the waiver wire, I would – 95% of leagues, you can look at a def- – there's – even looking yeah. at percentage-wise, it could be a top 10, top 15 for that week defense in comparison to, like, say, my situation. I've got the Buffalo Bills this week, and I've also got the Broncos. Both are playing away games. The Bills are playing Kansas City, who just marked a fantastic comeback last night. And then the Broncos, as mentioned before, are playing the Chargers, who have a pretty red-hot offense. Um, you know, then maybe this is a week that I look for an option instead of the Broncos, you know, off the waiver wire. Because I'm looking at their projections. Uh, they're both around 3.3 to 4.3 for both of them. And, you know, I was looking over at that other option we mentioned before. Um, 
looking at the Rams at 8.2 projected, I, I think they may have a better day. Sounds good. So, DeFaz, you have any any more for us this week? Uh, just make sure to check your bye weeks, man. This is this is definitely the week to fill in spots. Um, I'm having to replace my kicker. I've had uh, uh, Daniel Carlson for uh, Vegas now. He's ranked number one right now as kicker. So it's hard to drop a guy like that in comparison. Maybe if you have the extra roster space, you drop one of your skill players that doesn't do anything. But definitely a time to check for bye weeks. I mean, you're going to be missing out on Derrick Henry this week. You're going to miss out on Devontae Adams this week. Uh, who else here? going to be missing out on Jared Goff, any of the Detroit offense. Um, I mean, Houston, you know, hopefully that doesn't affect you too much. This is probably going to be the week I drop Brandon Cooks because bye week and not really producing. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely that. time to start thinking about trades and all that coming up ahead because a lot of trade deadlines happen in the season, Uh, usually around, I want to say, week 8 to week 10. So, Definitely time to start evaluating your players and seeing who can get, you know, replaced or who can get traded. Oh, yeah. I got offered a garbage trade. League offers garbage trades. Yeah. Nobody ever bites on those. Yeah. It's funny, though, because you, like, when you, like, why would you, why would you want to take it? If you, if he was on the other end, I'm sure he wouldn't want to take it. Right. I'm three and two. I think I'm tied for third place in our league. And as far and I think for me, George Kittle and for Adams and actually wanted me to take that seriously, telling me that George Kittle was going back. And then he said my running situation was garbage with San Francisco and Brees Hall from the Jets, who have not been bad at all. Not at all. No, the, the, that guy's definitely try to pressure you into a trade to get two of your star <laughs> wide receivers. I mean, definitely not a fair trade at all. And also, from a trader perspective, if you're going to say somebody has garbage running backs, then offer them a good running back in the trade. Then, you know. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is just a name at this point. I think I, I think, but I think what who was it? Devontae Adams has outscored, or one of my running backs has outscored George Kittle. Who was it? Brees Hall has outscored George George Kittle and Alvin Kamara this year by himself. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you guys, yeah, trades are trades. Sometimes I, I'm not really a big fantasy football trader. Every now and again, I'll hit. I usually like to roll with my team and pull waiver wires. That's that's just seems like the most success. It's a way easier comfort zone. What I personally like to do on trades is I like to trade same play, like same skill set for same skill set. I'm in a situation where I drafted, I had number one overall pick and I took Jonathan Taylor. I'm sure a lot of us are pretty sore about that because, you know, Colt or Colt's offense this year hasn't really produced well. So I figured the smarter ideal for me is I'm going to package him up with Brandon Cooks, a guy that still gets target shares but just hasn't produced as well. He's got at least the TD. I've got a guy in my league that's a huge Colts fan. I'm going to trade him, Jonathan Taylor and Brandon Cooks, for Chicago, David Montgomery, and Cincinnati's T. Higgins. In my opinion, I think it's a fair trade. He gets his favorite running back in the NFL, and I get guys that are going to put up better averages than that. Hey, D. Taking advantage of homers, huh? 
hey man, whoever I know has a home team and I've got a player of theirs, I know I've got a at least a one up somewhere on there. Right. That that fanhood is crazy. I try to stay away from Bucks, even though there's a lot of good Bucks players, but I just I don't want to get caught up in it. It's not fun to enjoy your Sunday when you're yelling at your team for not scoring fantasy points. I care more about the real points in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. So, DJ, talking to you. This is always a lot of fun. I'm glad we started doing this. And so next week, we'll be back for week seven news, notes, and updates. And potentially, we will find something men's health related to talk about in the NFL. Always. There's always always something to talk about going on in the NFL, and especially with, you know, health being a huge part of it, man. Yeah. So, D-Faz, take it easy. I'll see you soon for the Church of Faz on Sunday. Absolutely, man. Y'all can find me on IG at DFAZ813, D-F-A-Z-813. You guys can also check out my mixes on Mixcloud and Soundcloud. Just look up DFAZ and you'll find my mixes there. Uh, Yeah, thank you for plugging it. It's in the bio, everybody. Have a great day and stay blessed. Take care, y'all.